This is the Dallas Morning News. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm food editor Aaron Bookie, and I host our food podcast at the Dallas Morning News called Eat Drink DFW. Each week, we're dropping a segment of the show right here in this feed. If you want to hear the full show and make sure you never miss an episode, then just search for Eat Drink DFW wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links for it at dallasnews.com slash listen. Happy eating. Welcome back, everyone. Be sure to go to dallasnews.com slash food for information on our show and lots of food and drink stories. And you can always share your thoughts with us at eatdrink at dallasnews.com. Later on, we'll be talking about artificial intelligence and its impending takeover of the world. But first, we'll hear about the latest food news and trends from writers Sarah Blaskovich and Claire Baller and our producer, Julie Fisk. So recently, we've had two very different stories about two very different local steakhouses. Now, Dallas has a lot of steakhouses, obviously, but there are some that are uniquely special. So Sarah, you recently wrote about Ranchman's, a longtime spot in Ponder, Texas, that recently reopened after being closed for three years. People all over North Texas were convinced this place was not going to reopen. And I really feel for the owner, Dave Ross, because he had a bunch of construction issues. And of course, they also weathered the pandemic, as did every other restaurant and that's not easy. But there were so many people out there who had nothing to do with this restaurant who seemed to have all the information about how it would never reopen. And the owner is like, give me a break, guys. I'm doing my best here. So it did take longer than it probably should have to reopen this restaurant, but he replaced all the floors. There was no dishwasher room at all. And way back, Ranchman's opened in 1948 and Dave started working there. He's the current owner, but he started working there as a server in the 70s. And back then, the owner was a woman named Pete, who cussed a lot and I think was a difficult person maybe to work for, but also ran a really good restaurant and people seemed to love her. And as Dave tells it, he, the server, had to wash his own dishes, cut the steaks for the customers. I mean, it was just a whole operation. (laughs) Apparently, Pete didn't believe in paying a lot of people to do a lot of jobs. So he feels especially happy about the dish room because as we all know, every single restaurant needs a place where we can wash dishes. And now Dave doesn't have to do it anymore. This place is known for its chicken fried steak. It is in Ponder, Texas, which is kind of by Texas Motor Speedway. And gosh, people in limos and helicopters have eaten there, as have the small town folks in the neighborhood. Uh, Meatloaf filmed a music video there. Oh, Meatloaf, the musician, not the dish. Correct. (laughs) I don't know if they have Meatloaf on the menu. This could be confusing. Yes. I feel like over the years there probably was some meatloaf. They're known for their chicken fried steak, but yes, Meatloaf the Man filmed a music video there. They've been on the Food Network twice. Name a publication in Texas and beyond, and someone has sent a writer there to try to capture the spirit of this quite old, very beloved, quote unquote, steakhouse, which is really a down-home Southern cooking place. Yeah, I kind of feel like that was kind of how it worked with older spots. They called themselves steakhouses, but it's not really what we think of a Dallas steakhouse today. And I want to say one more thing about Ranchman's. The owner would love it if you do not go there. 
right now. <laughs> they just opened their low on staff. He saw our newspaper coming in and I had his permission to sit in there on day two and have lunch. And he begged me not to write this story. So the story begins, don't go to Ranchman's Ponder Steakhouse anytime soon. And then the entire top of the story explains that you should go some point, but you should not go right now because they aren't ready for you. And they're just trying to get their feet underneath them after three years closed. So please remember that if you do go or just wait a second. You get this a lot, Sarah. <laughs> I like know. People who don't really want you to write about them yet when they first open. I feel like this has happened more and more since the pandemic. I appreciate the power. I don't know that I have as much as, as <laughs> some think. But sure, by, by writing about a restaurant, it will send people there. Yeah. And most people think that's a good thing. Right. But some do not. I yeah. think the internet has changed so much, right? Like I think restaurants are nervous that if things aren't quite perfect and they don't have a fully staffed restaurant or things aren't totally up to par that they could really get raked over the coals on Yelp or the like. And that's a scary thing for a lot of businesses. So I get it. At the same time, it's like you want to share, you want to share exciting news of a place that people love that it's back. Yeah. And you only get one opportunity to get a first impression. So he knows that deeply at Ranchman's. And I think he's considering the first impression, even for people who have been there. This is the next new era of a first impression. And he's understandably concerned about that. But I had a really nice chicken fried steak. And um, I also had some ham and some cabbage and mashed potatoes with gravy. And they were all just yummy down home southern cooking, fluffy yeast rolls. I liked it. Sounds delicious. I will go sometime. Not this week or next week. There you go. Good. <laughs> but I'll put it on my calendar. We got one person who's listening. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so, Claire, you recently spent a lot of time at one of Dallas's higher end, fancy, flashy steakhouses called Nick and Sam's. And you spent a lot of time with a server there who is, by all reports, probably the most in-demand waiter in Dallas. Yeah. So I just wrote a profile of a guy named Benny who's been there at Nick and Sam's for just about as long as the restaurant has been, 20 some years, 23 years. And that's a pretty rare tenure in the industry. So he caught my attention because from what I heard really has changed the game at this restaurant. So he has a fiercely loyal and dedicated customer base that requests tables with him and him only. So much so that the restaurant cannot keep up with that demand for him. So I wanted to know like what makes this guy so good at his job? And the answer is really that while he has the nuts and bolts of fine dining service down to a science, he's a relationship builder with a meticulous eye for detail. He has people's drinks orders memorized. He knows their steak preferences. He knows when their kids graduated. I mean, he knows everything about the people who dine with him. And he gives his personal cell phone number out for people to contact him directly for Ooh. reservations. <laughs> Do you think that when he remembers people's preferences, it's because he has an excellent memory or because he has a binder full of notes? Both. Mm. He takes very diligent notes on diners and eventually has them memorized. And, you know, it kind of depends on how long people have been dining with him. One evening that I was there, there was a table, a family who lives in Houston, and they have been dining at that restaurant with him specifically for 18 years. And there was another table. They've been there and now are regulars. They've been dining with Benny for three or four years. I think he probably knows just as much about both of those tables at this point. Uh, and I also saw him working with diners who he's never met before. And the thing that's really amazing is that you wouldn't know. He treats them all the same. And I think that's what has made him in such high demand. But anyone who's anyone who dines at Nick and Sam's, if it's a high profile person dining there, they're usually going to be seated with Benny. All the 
pro athletes that come and dine in there regularly, the politicians. So he's had a really fascinating vantage point as a fine dining server in this city uh, to see a lot of really fascinating people and a lot of, I'm sure, very interesting conversations. Did he share any of those with you, Claire? Off the record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does he, he doesn't really serve and tell. No, no. I wish, you know, it would be fun if he did, but uh, you know, he's just professional the whole way through and uh, he takes what he does very seriously and he makes a lot of money doing it. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So that's another thing he won't really talk about. And I get it, you know, I mean, that's kind of a weird thing to, to put out there, especially when you make your money off of tips, you know, it's, it's a weird dynamic, but I think it's safe to say that he's probably the highest paid server there at that restaurant. And my guess is one of the highest, if not the highest in the city. You're working with tables that are spending thousands of dollars on a meal. There are steaks there at this restaurant that you can drop close to $800 on for one steak. It adds up quickly. And there are a lot of people who dine there that spend with without worrying about how much they're spending. So he has made a full-blown lucrative career off of it. More than all of us combined, oh, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I had a moment where I was like, do I quit my job and go work at Nick and Sam's? But you know what the reality is? It is not easy. It is a place where you have to do very rigorous training before you can ever take an order. I mean, once the tables start filling up every night, it is go time and you do not stop until the last person is out of that building. And it is hard, hard work mentally and physically. Anyone who has ever waited tables will have the I'm in the weeds nightmare for the rest of their lives. That's so true. Yeah. But I think it's amazing is this guy, like I watched him in the thick of it. He's just, you know, doing his thing, whistling in between tables and you would never know that it's as high pressure as it is. But that, I mean, he's done it for almost 25 years. Where did he work before Nick and Sam's? So he immigrated from Kosovo in the 90s to the U.S. and came as an exchange student and started working in, in restaurants. I guess technically he worked at Sal's, which is a pizzeria in Uptown for a short stint before then going on to work for Nick and Sam's when it opened. And he took that job uh, to pay his way through college and had plans for a career in telecommunications and saw how much money could be made as a fine dining server and decided to stick with it. And now he's still there. Wow. If you want to see what this guy is like in action, our photographer Smiley Poole spent the evening there with me watching him work. And it's amazing to see. You can see all of those pictures and read the story at dallasnews.com slash food. And that whole story is there. All right. Thanks, guys. Stick around as we address how artificial intelligence may already be changing our dining habits. That's right after this. Eat, Drink, DFW from the Dallas Morning News is made possible by Central Market. Spoken Layer. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.